This is Straight Ahead with the 606 Club of London and David Lewis.
nothing like, ha, nothing like. No, no, I'm amazed, amazing. Oh, nothing like. No, 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 that's amazing, amazing, amazing. I can't explain. No way, no way, well. So another week has passed and here we are back together again on a brand new 606 Club Straight Ahead show with me, David Lewis, bringing you the best in jazz and conversation. The track we just opened up with was Omar, I'm sure you recognise, and his famous There's Nothing Like This. That was from the Wendy House sessions and it was recorded along with QCBA, which is Quentin Collins and Brandon Allen, along with uh, Ross Stanley on the Hammond B3 and Enzo Zerilli on the drums. And I played that because our guest on the show this week is trumpeter Quentin Collins. And we're going to be talking about, uh, well, his life in music and also the stint he had as being Omar's keys player many years back. So I thought it's only fitting that we opened up with Omar. Carrying on now, though, with a track from somebody that is often with us down at the club, often performs with Derek Nash, who is with us uh, this coming weekend. I'll be playing something from Derek later on in the show. But Noel McCalla often performs with Derek down at the club. So I thought we'd play a track of Noel. This is a track he recorded with Mike Collins a few years ago, and it's his take on Stevie Wonder's Visions. Mind. 
The law was never passed But somehow all men feel They're truly free at last Have we really gone this far Through space and time Or is this a vision in my mind? I'm not one who make believes. I know that leaves are green. They only turn to brown When autumn comes around I know just what I say Today's not yesterday And all things have an ending What I like to know Is good a place like this is so beautiful Or do we have to find our wings and fly away To the visions in our
provisions. So the club is once again open to the public. As you know, four days a week, Thursday through Sunday. And we have got some of the very finest uh, artists around on the scene with us at the club over the next few weeks. And this week is no exception. And I'm playing music from all of our artists on the show this week. So this coming Sunday, Dana Gillespie is with us. Uh, the show gets going from eight o'clock. It will also be live streamed as well. And when uh, Dana started out on the circuit back in the 60s, it was on the folk scene that she was best known before she settled into the musical love of her life, the blues. So let's hear something from Dana now with a very heavy blues influence. And this is something coming. I know you'll be here 
Another artist with us at the club this coming Thursday, well, later on today, in fact, is a glorious pianist and a very skillful and imaginative soloist, John Crawford. We're going to go to the first album that he recorded with his quintet. And if you were to buy the album, which you can over on Bandcamp, not only will you get the album, you'll get a host of pictures and information about the band and also John's second home, San Sebastian. John's music is always very heavily influenced by his Latin love affair. And uh, joining him on the stage later on today is going to be a special guest, vocalist Eleonora Claps. So let's go to the album Ulia River of Time and listen to Cortina.
simply stunning. John Crawford, who is with us later on today, as I mentioned, and that was Cortina. And ahead of meeting our guest on the show this week, Quentin Collins, we've got time to listen to uh, somebody you can see at the club Friday of this week, and I'm talking of Shay Raja. Originally from the northwest of England, he is a seriously talented electric bassist whose work is a fascinating mix of uh, both Indo jazz, funk, and groove. And the track we're about to listen to now is Epiphany.
time now that we meet this week's guest, trumpeter Quentin Collins. We last had Quentin on about a year ago at the beginning of lockdown, so I thought it was about time we had him back and see what he's been up to and how things are looking for the uh, rest of this year. And Quentin, of course, has played with the likes of Fred Wesley, Gregory Porter, Mark Ronson, is a regular on the Carl Eastwood band. And uh, don't forget, we had Carl on the show earlier this year, if you want to hear that interview. It's available on Catch Up on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Mixcloud, so you can listen to that all over again. And of course, was a regular member of the Omar Band for many years. And as you know, we opened up with Omar on this week's show. So let's get into the interview now. We're going to be listening to tracks around the interview from the album that Quentin released uh, last year called Road Warrior. And the first of those is this, Do You Know The Way? You're listening to me, David Lewis, and this is the 606 Club Straight Ahead Show. If you want to know what's happening at The Six, check out the website at 606club.co.uk.
Hey, Quentin. Hello. Welcome back. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, David. How are you doing? I'm very well. Now, it's been a year, and I could say, what a year. <laughs> when I spoke to you last, I think you were one of the first guests on after everything shut, and you, I, and the rest of the world were kind of not really sure what was happening around us. I know you were poorly with COVID, weren't you? I yeah, remember, that, that was probably, the interview was probably just after I'd recovered. That's right, your breathing was still, I know you said you were troubling, the cardio system still hadn't got back to where it should be. Yeah. And then, yeah, what a year. How, what have you been keeping busy with during that period of well, time? I've, I've recovered uh, my, <laughs> from, uh, in terms of my cardio. And um, I tell you what, I'm absolutely delighted the swimming pools have been back open again these past few weeks. That's been a lifesaver. Makes a difference, doesn't it? This, this oh, last couple of weeks, it really is beginning to feel a bit more, everything just feels more normal again, doesn't it? I'd say so. I'd say so. I and mean, even despite the, the, the poor weather, it's still better than midwinter. And and um, everyone's been outside. And yeah, I mean, there's, there's a huge difference in people's uh, mental health. You can just see it. And um, certainly I'm feeling I'm feeling very optimistic, you know. Yeah, you look really bright and invigorated. So I think obviously you're full of vigour for what's about to come your way, I hope. It's interesting you mentioned swimming because yeah. I know before you were very keen on swimming. And something I've noticed with going off a complete tangent here for a moment, speaking to so many musicians, the whole, you know, drugs and drink scene is a thing of the past. Most of you guys now actually enjoy taking care of yourselves and enjoy a decent diet and a bit of healthy exercise. You know, it, it's, I've noticed it's a real thing. I think it's a yin and yang thing, David. I think um, it sort of depends on your schedule a lot with musicians because I've, I've always been into sport. First and foremost, that's, it's just kind of a bit of an obsession with me. I follow sport mm -hmm. obsessively, as anyone that's close to me will tell you. Um, and what sports are you into? Football or...? I'm, Massively into football, yeah. I'm hugely into rugby and have been all my life and cricket. Mm -hmm. But the traditional English sort of, you know, um, winter sport and summer sports. I also follow, um, you know, some others, tennis and whatnot. But I play I play a bit of tennis to a, a very average level, um, but in, extremely enthusiastic. And then the swimming thing is really my jam. You know, I, I when things are kind of, when I'm in town, I'm not on the road and things are quite calm. I try and go as much as possible. And at the moment, it's, it's pretty much every day. And that has made, in the last couple of weeks, obviously, since they reopened, it's made such a huge difference to just the way I'm, you know, feeling about uh, the, you know, energy levels and whatnot and that way I'm feeling about um, life in general and, and things opening up and whatnot. Yeah, it definitely improves your mental health. But musicians, I think, uh, you're right, it's a very good point. I think in general are, are far more conscious of their health Mm. And in, in good shape than than, than perhaps they've ever been. Um, that's not to say that, that musicians didn't used to, but perhaps there was a um, you know a, an image of the musician being the sort of late night dweller, and um, there is still plenty of that going on. And you know, I'm as guilty as the next of um, enjoying the late night hang, be it playing, performing, or or after performing. Um, you know, with a glass of wine or two or <laughs> whatever your jam is. And, um, but, you know, and balancing that out. It's interesting because, uh, you know, once a month I co-host a show with Jo and she was saying uh, when we were talking on the last show uh, how her lifestyle is going to have to change again, getting used to the late nights. You know, she's been able to go to bed 10, 11 o'clock whenever she wants to, not the routine that you've all used to have of coming in at sort of ones, twos, threes, and then getting up the next day, maybe a Sunday doing two gigs on a Sunday. The whole lifestyle is about to change back to 
what it was, I guess, for you. To an extent. I mean, I think, you know, it, it's going to take a while, I think, for the, for the, for gigs to return, at, you know, as regularly as they were. Because, of course, you know, as a freelancer, you're not just doing the shows that you see advertised. You're also doing lots of things around town that perhaps is, you know, freelance work, mm. not advertised. And uh, I think on in general, that will take a little longer to come back. The, the hotel bar gigs, the, the function, function gigs. Yeah. Yeah. The private stuff, which kind of is bread and butter to many musicians, you know, not everyone does it. I, I did my fair share. And I think it was still, so yeah, it, obviously we have to readjust, but I, you know, we'll, we'll slip in easily enough. I think, you know, it, it, yeah. And of course, when, when you were last on, we were talking about your album, Road Warrior, which uh, rather ironically was the, the thing you've done least of this year, being on the road. The whole album was I about know. being on the road, wasn't it? Well, I guess in a way it was a, a sort of homage to the previous 20 years. Being <laughs> on the road. Uh, but yeah, I, I get, you know, another way, maybe I spoke to you soon, huh? <laughs> how, how hard was it to promote the album during the um, period where there was no gigs? Well, um, I'd done the, the, the main part of the promotion already. Um, you know, we, it had been released um, in the autumn of 2019 and the main PR blitz was around that time and the, including the tour, you know, I did, I forget how many gigs, it was almost 20 or so gigs to promote it at the time. Um, and it was, I found it pretty hard, um, you know, because the, the my main problem was obviously um, loss of income in terms mm. of putting behind the PR side of things but then also the fact that it's a sex debt made it logistically pretty tricky um for people to um aid get together and obviously we weren't allowed anyway for some time and then also um you know for things like live streams six people were just it simply wasn't feasible mm -hmm. so uh, although during last summer we kind of got together a couple of times and i, I wrote a, a shed load of new music which is kind of just festering at the moment um it you know i'm still yeah i i haven't done a huge amount of promotion i'll tell you something though that's been really good is the is the the um sort of constant uh stream of of sales from like Bandcamp and things like that so that's been good yeah Bandcamp, i've been right behind I mean, i use them as a reference point an awful lot you know there's always good information there and of course on is it the last friday of the month or the first friday of the month the artist gets all of the money isn't it they, they don't first take any friday. fee which mm. you know Bandcamp have been stellar through this and it's just one of the good sides of nature of business we've actually seen yeah well i think i think they you know they were very smart um in that they it was quite clear that these most streaming sites are not supporting musicians in their time of need. And uh, a, a Bandcamp's model has always supported musicians, but to, to just go that extra yard with things like the uh, Bandcamp Biden, uh, I think it's called. Mm, um, that's right, yeah. Is uh, it's just an excellent idea, you know, and it's really got a lot of musicians on side with, with you know, it's, and it's a reciprocal thing because the more musicians push their products on Bandcamp, the better Bandcamp as a, as a as website. A platform. Absolutely. As a platform, yeah, it becomes known. So it works both ways. So before we get talking about the future and what's think how things are beginning to look for you now, creatively, how have you kept yourself busy during the last year? It's a really good question. Um, it's obviously been tough, and I'm sure most musicians would say the same, but um I'm pretty good. What I am good at is is routine. Mm -hmm. 
you know, maybe not precise You time. laugh as if, as if I was to ask anybody that knows you well, they'd all say, yeah, Quentin is a man of routine. You had that kind of <laughs> laugh about you. They're more likely to say a creature of habit than routine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're in that together, believe me. You and me are the same <laughs> birds with a feather then. <laughs> um, so I've really enjoyed the time to get deep back into my piano playing again. Mm-hmm. It was my first instrument and is truly my first passion. Um, long before the trumpet ever became <laughs> an idea. <laughs> oh, God, what a stupid idea that was. <laughs> the roads um, we take. Yeah, no, no, I'm only joking. Of course, it's a blessed thing to be a, um, a brass player. Um, but, yeah, so I've really enjoyed the time to to increase my, uh, first of all, my my technique to get my, my chops back up to speed to, to a level they perhaps once were, and also increase my repertoire classical and jazz i've, I've been learning a, a lot of tunes especially in the first lockdown it was like a tune a day i, I determined to record at home by myself a, a tune a day once i'd arranged it and and um learned it and arranged it during the day and my neighbors must have absolutely hated me by the end of the <laughs> lockdown. um and then um other than that yeah quite a lot of writing in the first few months of, of, of last year's lockdown um a slightly so, nerdy question talk about practicing at home and being a horn player practicing at home of which i know about due to the fact my daughters are now thankfully at university but being a sax player i kind of know what it's like to have a horn player at home obviously you can mute yours is it a different technique when you mute to not i hadn't thought about asking that before yeah it's it's a really interesting question because obviously there is always this element living in london as i do uh, of uh, neighbors mm-hmm. and um i reckon you, know, you mean you're not living in a palace in the middle of a forest somewhere? You, you, no, I mean, I should be obviously surprised. <laughs> there's anyone out there listening who'd like to <laughs> donate <laughs> donate a home for practice space? Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, obviously living in London, there is an element of living on top of each other um, to an extent. So as a trumpet player, yeah, you know, you do have this advantage of having a, a wide array of mutes which you can use for practice. I'm a huge fan of practicing with the cut mute. Um, which you can actually sort of change that not only the timbre, but you can sort of decrease the volume by putting the cup part right into the bell. Um, if it does change the technique, you have to be very careful of not overblowing. I was just thinking that actually, the, the resistance must feel very different, I guess. Is, yeah, the resistance thing, um, uh, which uh, on some practice moves is quite marked, uh, on the most recent sort of models is getting better and better. And then obviously, because they're super quiet, you kind of have the tendency to overblow to hear better. Um, and that's, it's just something you just need to be really conscious of when getting to the habit of not doing. Mm. Um, the practice mutes, I try and minimize how, how long I spend practicing with them. Whereas the, the cut mute, which is one you would perform with, for instance, in a big band or, you know, maybe in a, in a, in a classical orchestra setting, um, uh, the Harmon mute, the straight mute, they're all, you know, I, I'm, I'm quite happy practicing with any of those, to be honest, because they're different sounds and timbres. And it's quite interesting to sort of get into that, you know, just for a day or a few days, whatever. So I do, te- I, I tend to use um, a- any of those mutes, really. And you mentioned that you've been, you've got a stack of music that you've been writing. Is that possibly stuff that will end up as an album? Well, in the first lockdown, I wrote a bunch of sextet charts and, you know, I've got one eye, obviously, on doing a follow-up to Road Warrior um, in the same, um, you know, the same lineup. Think carefully about your title of your album this time, my man. Think very carefully about it. <laughs> 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 Caged Animal, really cool. <laughs> 
lockdown blues. Um, and then um, I actually, yeah. And so there was, there's another group which sort of was born out of lockdown, which I've been rehearsing an awful lot with, a new group in quintet, um, which I've written a bit. We all all write for, for. so that's been quite um, quite good. Um, and we're we're aiming towards recording that as well. Of course, on the last album, there was quite an international flavour to it. So have you been doing any collabs? Because obviously everyone's got used now to remote. Things that have come up since you and I last spoke, live streaming was never a word <laughs> or phrase. And of course, remote sessions were, I mean, I know they did exist, but they weren't a big part of a musician's life. Whereas those two things now have almost become the bread and butter through this last year, haven't they? They have. Yeah, you're right. And it's not something I've really hugely got into. Um, no, I've noticed you're not one of these every Thursday nights, eight o'clock streaming. It's not been your gig, has it? I'm not that I'm definitely not um particularly attracted to the live streaming thing. I've done a couple I did one from obviously from the sixth last October mm-hmm. um with this new quintet lineup that I mentioned. And um what else? Did one from Ronnie's last summer with uh, the QCBA lineup with a uh, band with Brandon Allen, which we're gonna perhaps mention. We sure are. Um, and um but yeah, I don't know. There's something about the the lack of intimacy that that particularly <laughs> puts me off. Um, it's not to say that I wouldn't, you know, if if the right opportunity came along, I wouldn't be up for it. Um, I've mostly been um, actually teaching privately mm-hmm. a lot um, consistently for the last I don't know eight months or so. Is that keys and t- trumpet you teach? Yeah, very yeah. much on adults and children, mostly obviously on Zoom for a long period. Of course, yeah. So some In of your students time. must be getting ready for exams now, I take it. Uh, some of them, yeah. Yeah, some of them. I, I put I put a few of them through exams during lockdown. Um, and that's kind of the thing that I've been doing, really, as my bread and butter. Um, and, you know, um, it's, it's something we actually I've never done to a greater degree uh, mm. until now. But I can't really imagine um, stopping, um, you know, uh, having a, a, a quite a large quota of private students. I'm really enjoying it. And um, I think it's actually a really good way of supplementing your income. I recently had Sophie Alloway on and she was talking about teaching. And she was saying when you get that one kid, you see that real diamond in the rough. And that's kind of the enjoyment. Somebody you can see has got talent and then you can nurture that. Somebody that's got the yeah. enthusiasm just to go on. That must be a real kick, I would have thought. It is, yeah. It's 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 not all your students. Um what I tend to find like the 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 adults I teach are the most sort of like um that you know they want to be there mm. you know because it's a new passion and yeah. Yeah that kind of thing. And and they listen very carefully but perhaps don't retain as much information because you know, you know what it's like as we get a little older. Oh, I sure do. Yeah, it's not quite, you know. What it's it not was. as easy. It's not as easy, yeah. No, and then with the kids, um, and I've actually been teaching kids uh, from, you know, very young, like eight, nine, up to teenagers. I've put a couple through grade eight recently and, you know, a couple of others who are just starting as well which I've never done before, beginners or anything like that. I've uh, never taught at that, that sort of basic level. Uh, but the great thing is, of course, like you say, the enthusiasm and just it's just their, their, their ability to just blanket, absorb what you're saying. It's quite amazing. Um, so seeing the progress of, of the younger ones is always the, the most rewarding part of it, I'd say. 
shall be hearing more from Quentin in a few moments' time, finishing up the first part of that interview with another track from the Road Warriors album, El Farolito. Music still to come on the show this week from Derek Nash, Tony Kofi and Amanda White. But next to play is another track from pianist John Crawford, along with Duncan Lamont and Esther Bennett, and we're going to listen to Pretty People on this week's Straight Ahead. Listen online, on DAB and on smart speakers. Straight Ahead, with London's leading music venue, The 606 Club. does something in the city she's in fabric and design they're pretty people pretty people they've a house right on the river with a cellar full of wine such pretty people pretty people but there's a rumor going round i heard the other day well you know those wagging tongues well i believe they say those pretty pretty people pretty people they don't really like each other pretty much at all party he's so charming she's so pretty pretty people pretty people he's so utterly distinguished she's so utterly divine such pretty people pretty people but according to the rumors when they hit the sack they pretend to be asleep and they lie back to back those pretty pretty people pretty people now they're feeling pretty much alone once she shared his dream You can see John later on today down at the club, Thursday the 3rd of June. All gets going from 8 o'clock and details are available on the website 606club.co.uk. Okay, it's time to go back to our interview of the week and another track, and indeed the title track from the Road Warriors album from Quentin Collins.
Um, what have the examining boards been like? Because I'm assuming for their pieces they're having to upload, or until recently, just being able to upload their musical f- exams. Um, yeah, that, um, there was a window where they were doing in-person exams. I put my, my son, Oscar, through, he did his grade three. Um, when was it? Like November, I think. Mm-hmm. And, and now he's doing his grade four, and it will be online. You have a choice. It, you, I think you can do either, but if you do, uh, I forget what it's called, performance exam or something like that, you can do four pieces and, and none of the sight reading. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you record it at home and then send it in, mm. uh, which is interesting. Um, not done it yet, but yeah, so, so they've, they've, they've become a bit more flexible. So also it's a bit rough for musicians, you know, it, it needs must, I know, but recording anything at home for most people, unless you're lucky enough to have a good setup, is never going to sound good. So I'm assuming the examiners are going to have to cut them a bit of slack and think, well, okay, he's in a very dodgy reflective area. It sounds very bright, but I guess they try and see past that to the technique, I'm hoping. I would I would say that's very much true. And also even in the in-person exams, I think they've been quite lenient and understanding of the situation where a lot of lessons are on, on Zoom uh, and students are simply not getting the same level of tuition. You know, you can't, you can't deny there's, there's a real divide between the, the, the computer screens. So, you know, it's much like school kids uh, when they were on, when they were at home where they weren't really getting the same level of tuition, staring at a computer screen, it's the same. So I'd say, yeah, they're, they're being a bit more lenient. Because obviously I'm guessing if you were standing by the side of a student, say on trumpet, you'd notice his finger or what his mouth's doing or there's those tactile elements. If you're in the same room, you would pick up on which via Zoom, it's one dimensional really, isn't it? You can't. Uh, it's, more the, it's more the sound above everything. It's more the actual sound they're making. You simply can't, it, it gets compressed. It gets, mm-hmm. you know, even when you've got the, the, the advanced settings here on Zoom, um, it gets compressed, you lose the sound. Um, you just, you can't really tell exactly what their tone is like. So that's the thing, you know, which again, it comes back to what we were talking about directly before about the, the collaborations and live streaming. So let's talk about, I was going to say, I had a phrase in my head and I realised it was wrong. I was going to say, let's talk about the day job. But of course, I mean really the night job, but you know what I mean? Your main <laughs> job, that which we know you for, getting back on stage. Gigs, how are they looking at the moment? Gigs um, are definitely returning, so that's good, isn't it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Some, some cats have been out there um, the last few weeks, and it's just so great to see. I've noticed on social media people posting stuff, and that's so cool. Um, and, yeah, for me, they're, they're, it's sort of a trickle, but there's a couple of shows coming up. And, you, you've um, gotten down at the six of course, haven't you? It's in the diary. Yeah. There's one in the diary, yes, unless unless um, uh, Steve just hasn't told me something. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, I'm not privy to information you don't know of. I'm not about to pull the rug from under you. No, you have got a gig. <laughs> There's a show on the 8th of July at the 606. Um, Is that you with, and Brandon QCBA? or? That's not, no. We we just did a show at the Jazz Cafe. Yes, we're going to talk about that in a minute because that's a really interesting lineup. I want to talk okay. about what that was like. Yeah. Um, so at the six, it'll be what is essentially my, uh, it's called the, the Quentin Connors Electric Quartet. It's a band that's been, we sort of were formed a few years ago playing late shows at Ronnie's on, on the weekends, um, playing a more sort of groove based, you know, quite a lot of, um, music from Brazil, original music, uh, music with a bat beat, music with a kind of funk groove, um, music with a sort of 12 eight vibe and, um, 
that's yeah we, we've done a few shows that sounds everyone. quite dirty i like the sound of that it sounds i've always really enjoyed playing with that group and uh the steady lineup has always been andrew mccormack on on piano, piano and, yeah and he's and jamie murray on drums who's a great young know, drummer i'm sure you've probably seen yeah, i've heard, I've heard the name around a lot yeah. yeah he's really he's really fantastic drummer and so that they've been with that for four or five years and um and then lawrence cockle has been on, on bass. bass yeah so i'm you know it's a real privilege to play with those guys honestly they're all they're all brilliant musicians in their own right band leaders and composers and they bring an awful lot to the party. So we're we're all really excited to play together again. Yeah. And with an audience. And with an audience. It'll be an audience, yeah. I don't know if it'll be, I suppose it'll be live streamed as well. I guess. Yeah, I think that's what he's doing, yeah, at the moment to try and get a bit, because I'm guessing the clubs are still going to be distanced for the time being. So I guess they can't be at capacity. Well, I don't know because it's after June 21st. So oh, of course, of course. Yeah. He keeps his promises. <laughs> yeah, we can <laughs> hug everybody, can't we? Yeah, <laughs> not, not just going to be a loving down at the sticks. I can see it. Loving maybe that's a good name for the, for the album. Yeah, um, we'll, we'll talk about that. It means I've got yeah. rights on you now. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm more than happy with fifty-fifty. You do the work, I just sit and do nothing. Yeah, I'm happy with that. <laughs> always, always behind your music. You know that. So, the gig you had at the jazz cafe. Now that was an interesting lineup. Tell us a little about it. Now you're—I know you had Omar down yeah, there. Yeah, Omar is. Yeah, he was a guest vocalist, and and um, and it's obviously it's whenever we play in that collaboration between Omar and QCBA, it's always a lot of Omar fans that come to see it, and they like the would be. Sort, yeah, and they like the 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 fact that he's performing with different musicians and more of a jazz edge. Um, so yeah, it's different from his, his normal band, um, and other projects that he does. Cause we were just having a little chat before we started uh, recording the interview and you, you astonished me by saying you were his keys player for what, four or five years, did you say? Yeah. It's, it's, so you toured um, with him, you were his regular band. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going back 20 years, literally 20 years. And, um, I took over the keys chair from the amazing Jim Watson, who, um, I, I, I think the the story goes that I got the call um, the night before a gig saying, can you come down to, it was, uh, what was the venue? It was Momo's. Do you know oh, that? Oh gosh, yes, yes. Heading Street, the back of um, Regent Street there. Yeah. Can you come down tomorrow? Um, got a, it was my friend Roxy Harris, the drummer and DJ, uh, who was playing drums at the time for Omar. I've got a gig for you. It's with Omar. You've got to learn these 15 tunes or so. For sound check, four o'clock. Just day. fifteen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I sort of sat up all night and learned um, the, the tunes for the, you know, from his back catalogue for the show, and did the best I could, and, and got asked back, and kept getting asked back for about four years, and it was on. It was basically Rhodes and Synth, and then I had my trumpet there too, and I'd, <laughs> I'd like sort of surprise the audience by picking it up for a couple of tunes. I, I was just going to say, so you did double. Yeah, there was. Even, I remember this tune in the set for a while. It was a, an old school reggae tune. I can't remember what it was called. Oh gosh, um, where I I was comping uh, with my left hand and and playing a, a horn line with my right. And that's the only time I've ever done that. In, <laughs> that's some dexterity to do that. <laughs> not to be repeated, but it was a little fun, fun little trick. And um, yeah, so I, yeah, that was where the collaboration with Omar started. And he's sort of been a, a mate and a 
you know, on and off collaborator. But since with the QCBA thing, which the band that started with Brandon, we've just sort of invited him over the years here and there to do gigs, and that's really it. And we've never recorded, but we recorded these these shows. Um, I was saying that, yeah, Ubuntu, the labels recorded them as a live album, right? Yeah, potentially. Yeah, we're going to release it as a live album to watch this space, and that's um, that's pretty exciting. And that's with um, with with Ross Stanley, who's always been in the band, mm-hmm. uh, and James Madren on drums. So, yeah. Now, Ross, that's someone I've seen so many gigs. I mean, virtually, you can almost guarantee he's going to be around with Common Keys at one of the gigs or Hammond, isn't he? He's so busy. He is, yeah, yeah. He is a walking diary. And I'm assuming that when you're with gigging with Omar, it's very much playing more of a soul and groove kind of side to you. Yeah, we do. We do. Uh, Bearing in mind, we haven't done a gig with that band, with that lineup um, for a couple of years. Well, then, then again, who has? Um, we do a lot of his tunes, some of his older, uh, a couple of his, you know, from his more recent albums. We do a couple of QCBA original tunes that me and Brandon have written. Um, and we do a couple of covers here and there. Does he got but, good jazz chops in? Um, look, this is, we're talking about one of the great singers. I've just yeah. never heard him sing jazz, you know? No, it isn't jazz. We, we, we're essentially um, arranging the music with with a jazz sensibility, but it's still, it's got a, it's a soul feel, you know? Mm, mm. So it's kind of unique, I guess. In that and when you know you're recording a live album, obviously the audience on that night knows it's a live album. So they're told to be on their P's and Q's and clap at the right time and holler and whoop and... Um, well, yeah, but in another way, you don't want anyone to act any different. But yeah, I mean, I think people were probably just happy to be there after so long of not, not seeing live music. And is it different for the guys on the stand when you know you're recording a live album? Does it feel somehow different? Yeah, I guess I guess there is a little pressure that's added from, from knowing that, you know, you've got one chance to get it right. We did two shows in the same night, same show, back to back. Right. Weeks. Yep, yep. Um, as opposed to, I mean, you know, sometimes in the jazz cafe we might do a run of three or four nights. We chose to do the same show twice on the same night, um, which I think was a good, a good, um, a good plan. And of course, warming up for you on that night and support was was harp, wasn't it? You had Alina down there, Alina Bajinska. Yes, I can yeah. say that surname because I had to rehearse it an awful lot before I had her on the show last summer. I spent days trying not to foul up her surname. Days. <laughs> <laughs> well, you definitely did a better job than I. I, <laughs> I should have come and done QA, uh, uh, been on the mic for the night, shouldn't I? Yeah, I could yeah, have introduced yeah. people. But harp, that's an odd. That's really popular at the moment. I've had three harpists on the show now. It's, and really? it's, yeah, yeah, it's become a really sort of cool instrument suddenly. Well, there's no need to keep harping on a mouse. Hey, I gave you the line. You finished it off for me. <laughs> so yeah. you say you think it's going to be releases now. I mean, is it just down to like some yeah. doubt? Yeah, well, it's timing and um, uh, yeah, I'm sure it is. Yeah. Good. And obviously it's Ubuntu again, a, a label that I've obviously got strong ties to and working closely with Martin and on that one. And um yeah, watch the space as well. Uh, and out of those couple of gigs we mentioned, you sort of said tentatively there's some others. So moving forward, sort of past late summer, there's a few gigs. There's well, uh, June the twelfth at Deleuze Le Trek um, in Kennington with um, a band that has been created during lockdown called Five Way Split. We performed at the six oh six last October, and um, so that is a band with uh, Basilis. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Basilis Senopoulos on tenor sax, Rob Rob Barron, great. Uh, piano player and then Matt Home, great drummer and um, 
Matthias Hoffecker, who's a Hungarian bass player, lives in London. And really, the band was was born out of, um, um, you know, when we were when we were out of lockdown one, and we were allowed to meet up and play. We got together every week. Um, at that time, it was actually at my at my apartment, but that sort of had to be knocked on the head somewhat. Um, and now, we, we, you know, since people have been able to start rehearsing, we've been rehearsing for some months every, pretty much every week, getting all sorts of material together, including quite a lot of um, original material. So that's that's actually been one of the things that's really kept me going. Mm. And those guys, the, the whole ethos of, of the band is that it's sort of a as the name suggests, five ways split. It's, it's sort of all of us, and no, no one's a band leader. And everyone's a band leader. We're all bringing in charts and music, and and um, uh, but really, the, the sound of the band is coming absolutely out of that classic uh, hard post pop, contemporary pop sound of the, the jazz messengers lineage, and more recently, uh, a great band who, who we all love in that in that lineup, um, One for All, who are a band in New York in the sort of uh, 90s and noughties, uh, led by Eric Alexander mm. Dundee. So we sort of based our sound on that. And um, yeah, we're, 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 we'll be playing a few more shows around, hopefully around the summer. Um, and then come June, end of June, uh, end of this month, we'll be playing with Carl back on the road, hopefully. We've got the first date on the 24th in, in I think it's the south of France somewhere. And get touring again. We have, you know, we know that's the crazy thing, David, is that we've had basically every month cancelled since last March um, of a very busy, our busiest schedule was supposed to be last last year, um, or one of them. And, you know, every month we get the email from the management, oh, sorry, guys, but, you know, it's cancelled for this month, but we'll be back on the road in this month, and that's like three months away. Uh, so just recently we've had, you know, May cancelled and then the first half of June cancelled, but it looks okay for July and there's, there's quite a bit in August. There's word of doing monies in August. So No, um, so speaking to all the guys, it seems everyone's just been a bit more positive now. I know last summer everything tentatively opened up and then immediately it was pulled down again. But now it just seems like it's there, you know. Yeah, it's going to be slightly different. It will be slower. I don't think anyone's going to run at it, but it's there. Yeah, it's it's good, isn't it? <laughs> it feels great, and I can feel the energy about you. I can feel it coming out. You know, you're, you're almost like the cage beast. You just want to get back out on the stage, on the stand, and do what you do. I'm desperate to play. Yeah, yeah. honestly, it's like I don't know. I've just spent all my life doing it, and all my adult life doing it, and um, you know, it's just like an such a sort of a natural. Um, it's an extension of what you are. You know, it that's is. The thing. It is a huge part of who I am as a person. Is that just you know the 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 outlet to just go and express mm. yourself. I was just going to say it's your expression, yeah, and you've been so used to it, and having your uh, identity taken away, it's it's tough. It's you know, apart from the financial side, it's just a big part of your DNA. It it, it really is, yeah, and obviously the financial side is, you know, I think that most musicians have struggled with the the mm. anxiety that that brings of not having an income and different, you know, we've all, of we've course, all found our ways of dealing with it, and um, yeah, and yeah. I mean, better days ahead, as they say. And, and of most importance is you're one of the best-dressed men on the band I've ever seen, and you can get your suits back on. Not at the moment. Well, no, okay. Hoodie <laughs> aside, hoodie aside, it's an interview. You know, we're allowed to be. We're not BBC. So, uh, no, you, you're always so sharply dressed as well. So, you've got oh, to see like, back on the stand. I like to dress. I definitely like to dress, and I think it's a really important part of presentation. Yeah, me too. Neglected by, by you know, too many musicians without wanting to be critical of anybody. 
because you've got to just got to feel comfortable. You've got to express yourself in whatever way you want to express yourself. But for me, um, I I like people, not only myself, but the people I'm working with, to look sharp. You know, mm. just present the music in in a in in different ways, and that's one of them. Yep, well, I like the way it goes. It looks good. I like your tailor. <laughs> we'll have to exchange numbers. <laughs> He's actually he is yeah he's very good. He's, <laughs> don't I can't afford to pay any more money on clothes. Don't don't tempt me. Don't oh, tempt me. <laughs> Quentin, it's been great getting you back on. Really, isn't it? It's good to see you in such good fettle. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And you know, maybe I didn't think I'd be saying this after a year and a bit. I can actually come see you at a gig. You know, it'd be great to think that sometime I can get out of the doors now, out of the studio, and come and see you play. Well, I fully expect to see you on July the eighth at the Six Days Book Club. I'm sure you'll charge me door admission as well. <laughs> no, no, no guess this post-COVID, sorry. <laughs> Quentin, it's been great having you on. Great to see you looking so well, my friend. Thanks so much. Cheers, Quentin. Thank you.
Please a welcome guest on the show, Quentin Collins. We just finished off the interview with another track from Road Warriors, and that was Wider Horizons. And if you want to find out more about Quentin, he's got a website, quentincollinsmusic.com, and over on Instagram, it's QC underscore Trumpet. Loads of social media to follow him on and see what he's up to. And don't forget, he will be down at the club in the not-too-distant future as well. So I mentioned that we're going to be playing some Derek Nash on the show this week, and that plays next from the album You've Got to Dig It to Dig It, You Dig, and this is Secret Love. Straight Ahead with David Lewis. Thank you. 
Secret Love from Derek Nash and it's your chance to see Derek Nash and his sax appeal quartet this coming Saturday down at the club from 9 o'clock. He's going to be on the stand along with Pete Adams on piano, Phil Mulford will be on bass and Mike Bradley is on the drums. On Friday, I mentioned that we got Shay Raja down at the club. He's got an album launch for the Tales from the Punjab album. We played something from Shay a little bit earlier on. Well, uh, on that same night, uh, the featured artist along with Shay is going to be Tony Kofi. So let's go back to Tony's album, Another Kind of Soul, and listen to a live version of Work Song. <laughs> Thank you. 
Kofi, ladies and gentlemen, Tony Kofi, filling some very big shoes tonight. Tony Kofi and work songs. I mentioned Tony's at the club this coming Friday. New music now from Michael Mayo. A vocalist, composer and international performer who is only the third ever vocalist to be accepted into the Thelonious Monk Institute of Jazz. And uh, he's got a brand new album that's going to be dropping this coming Friday. Bones is the name of the album. It releases on the 4th of June. And from that, we've got a track, You and You. 
melody for all of the drama between you and you. You wanna get closer to me, but you need a remedy for all of the drama between you and you. You wanna get closer to me, but you need a remedy for all of the drama between you and me. You wanna get closer to me, but you need a remedy for all of the drama between you and me. Brand new album from Michael Mayo, Bones, drops this coming Friday. He's part of the Mac Avenue Music Group and uh, it was recorded live in their studios just before COVID hit. Luckily, they got it all recorded in time. And it uh, features his regular lineup, which is on keys, Andrew Friedman, the bass of Nick Campbell and drummer Robin Batis. Don't forget, it's a busy week down at the club. Loads of great live music. Check out the website, 606club.co.uk. And many thanks indeed to our guest this week, trumpeter Quentin Collins. Check him out on his website, quentincollinsmusic.com. And over on Twitter, it's QC underscore trumpet. And we'll be back at the same time next week with more great music and, of course, a special guest and conversation too. So we're going to play out this week with uh, a track from Amanda White in the harpist we had on the show a few weeks ago. Brilliant album. If you haven't yet checked it out, do. I know a few of you have been getting in touch with me saying how much you're enjoying it. It's doing great work for her, I'm glad to say. The last track on the album is a remix of the title track After Dark. It was remixed by Rebecca Vazment and it uh, features the vocals of Nadia Albertson. I'll see you next week for more great music. Thank you.